Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Y'all, I got, a, I got a word for you. It's interesting. Last week's message, uh, by the way, if you did not tune in, if you were not here or did not see it last week, hurt blinds. It's a, it was a powerful word, I really think. A lot of people, man, I got a lot of emails this week from people talking about last week's message and about it was liberating and freeing and, and touching and, and, and emotional and there was a lot of tears and uh, wow, it's so true uh, about how hurt can so easily blind. And so I encourage you, if you have not yet, tune in to that message last week. Today, I have a different word that God has given for me to you. It's a message that, it's interesting because as I examine this, listen, I've, I've, I've taught on this general topic at certain times in the past, but what struck me is there is so much scripture about it. I've got a lot of scripture for you today, a lot of scripture, more, more than I typically do, and I typically have more than your average uh, you know, person who's speaking. Uh, uh, and, uh, but I'm telling you, I'm just scratching the surface. There's so much in the Word of God about this topic. So I want to let the Word of God speak to you, but the reason, there's a reason. If, if God all throughout the Word uh, is talking about a particular topic, it's probably something that has some level of great importance. Amen? <clears throat> okay, good, you're with me. Uh, and so let this minister to you, and it's something that you may have heard to a greater or lesser extent before. We're going to dig kind of deep into it today and look at it from a couple different angles. So I want you to stick with it and say, Lord, is there something that you have for me here today? Uh, you've heard the expression, you are what you eat, right? <laughs> you are what you eat. I've heard that expression all too often. It really has a lot of truth to it. If you tend to eat healthy things, you will be healthier, right? That just kind of makes sense. If, if you choose the spinach, uh, you're going to, it'll be one thing inside of you. If you eat, if you choose always the cookies, it will be something different, Okay, the opposite is also true, right? If you eat non-healthy things, the, the less healthy you will be. This is something that we all know and understand, conceptualize, and can relate to, I think. And, and also admit uh, is, is, is self-evident. In other words, we all agree on that. Nobody contends that it's not the truth. Everybody knows Essentially, you are what you eat, okay, in some form or fashion. I'd like to share with you today that it is actually also true, 
regarding the people you hang around. It's also true regarding the people you hang around. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, please. So the question, what are you doing with your time? Are you spending your time productively? Are you, are you frequently around people who will build you up? Or are you around people who will not edify you? People who will build you up in a positive way? Or do you tend to spend more time around people who will not edify you? And by the way, because uh, I know that in today's world, it's not, just, it's not just people who you are physically with. It might be people that you're, you're chatting with all over the world. My, I know my, my son has been into... Uh, you know, Discord and NFTs. It's a, these are kind of young, young, younger people know what I'm talking about here. And, and he's, he's talking to people from literally all over the world. I mean, it's like, man, they, they chat so fast. I mean, he's, he's getting, he's so quick with, the, with his uh, keyboarding skills now. And he said, I think I'm catching up to you on the keyboarding skills. I said, yeah, I can see. He certainly is. And, but, but he's talking to people literally all over the world. I mean, and it's, it's not uncommon and so this doesn't, it's not just, just necessarily who you are physically with. I'm talking about the, the people you hang around. It might be even virtually, if you will. The people you hang around. Are they building you up or, or are they not? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as you, in fact, are doing Build each other up. It's such an important thing. Build each other up in the knowledge of the Lord. Is that what you are doing? Is that what you are doing? Is that the kind of people that you are hanging around also? Is that what other people are doing to you? Are they building you up when it comes to the knowledge of the Lord and edifying good things? Uh, are they building, or, or are you being torn down uh, uh, in some form or fashion? Listen, I, as, I, as I was reflecting upon this and about you are what you eat and the, the kind of people you hang around or tend to gravitate toward, it struck me, and as, as I was really kind of uh, meditating on this, they're, they're oftentimes, generally speaking, and you could categorize this anyway, but I came up with there's four kinds of people, four kinds of people. If, if you are a note-taker, uh, you may want to write this down. It's not something I, I don't frequently uh, reference. Uh, that you know, everybody's got a different style of of learning. But if you are a note taker, this is something you may want to jot down. There are generally four types of people, four kinds of people. First are just let's just call them bad people. Okay, what what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about inherently. I'm talking about people who tear you down, people who are abusive, people who are demeaning. Okay, pe people who, are, who are, ha have, have a meanness about them or, or uh, uh, just bitterly, caustically sarcastic. Okay, some people who are harsh maybe, people with bad temper, whatever. Okay, bad, these kind of people who tear you down, they're people you obviously do not need to be hanging around. Okay, so you don't want to actively be pursuing and frequently hanging around these kind of people, people, I'll call them bad people. Number two, secondly, 
there are unbelievers who are good people. I don't know if you know this. I certainly do. There are plenty of unbelievers out there, people who don't have a faith walk, but yet are good people, like legitimately good people. They're nice. They're kind. You know, they might be generous. Good people. Okay. These people do not tear you down, which is a good thing. At the same time, Neither do they build you up spiritually. Neither do, okay, come on, work with me on this and think about this yourself in your, in your own life and doesn't this make sense? Okay, these people, they don't tear you down because they're good people. I mean, genuinely good people. But neither do they build you up in a spiritual sense. Why? Because they don't have themselves a spiritual base. This is not impugning them and saying they're all horrible people. No, I'm giving you. They're good people. They don't have an ability, the ability to build you up spiritually because they themselves don't have that foundation within them. So it's not that they're intentionally causing you harm. It's just that they can't. They don't, they don't have the tools available to them to build you up spiritually, no matter how good they are and well-intentioned. So at best, at best, they're kind of like a neutral, a neutral influence on you. No matter how good they are, no matter how good they are, at the end of the day, they can't offer you what your soul needs. You you understand what I'm saying? They can't offer you what your soul needs. This doesn't mean that you're to ostracize them and to say, I don't even want to be... That's, that's not the point I'm making. Let me give you the third. Third, thirdly, there are people who at the very least claim that they are believers, but they are not edifying. <laughs> they are not edifying. So what am I talking about? You and I all know this. If we're, if we're talking poultry, turkey, if we're talking turkey here, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> there are people who claim to be believers, and you know this and I know this. They claim to be believers, but you leave a conversation with them and you don't feel particularly built up. You feel, if anything, maybe a little bit torn down. Oftentimes, these people claiming to be believers are often very critical, seeking to demean others, elevating themselves. They're often very prideful, frequently cliquish. I got my group, and if you're not in my group, well, I'm sorry, but you're not in my group, and you know, whatever, you're kind of over there, and I'm over here, and these are people who do not uplift or edify you. This is not a a blessing to your walk. And, and oftentimes, it, it, it's a little bit tricky or deceptive in as much as if they claim to be believers, sometimes your guard goes down a little bit. They might even be people that could be even, you meet here. <laughs> Hopefully not many. That's, that's my prayer. Listen, part of the reason I'm giving this message is so we 
have fewer and fewer and fewer of anybody who might fit in that category. But the point is, is that you don't know. You have to be sensitive in the spirit with your spiritual ears. Someone say amen. amen. This is incredibly important because you have to protect your spirit, y'all. We got to protect what it is the Lord put in us. Finally, of course, the fourth, there are believers who love the Lord and love people. Mm, yeah, come on. People who love the Lord and they love people. And they will do exactly what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says. They will encourage you and they will build you up. They will encourage you and they will build you up. Beloved, I have two thoughts for you in this regard. These are very important thoughts for you to internalize. First, you need to seek these people in your life. You need to seek these kind of people in your life, people who love God. I mean, who love God and they love people. Genuinely, you need to seek these kind of people who will encourage you and build you up, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. Seek these people in your life. Secondly, beloved, you need to be that person in other people's lives. You need to be that person in other people's lives. So right when you're thinking, okay, which of the four kind of, you know, I need to seek. Okay, rabbi's telling me I need to seek uh, the type of person for more so people who love God and love people. Okay, well, that influence in my life. Well and good, rightly so, but you also yourself need to be that fourth person. You need to be the kind of person who loves God and loves people. This is what we're all called to do. We're all called to encourage one another and build each other up. This is what we have to aspire to be ourselves with other people. If you asked, if you were honest about it, and if you asked some other people that you happen to spend time with, do they think that you're in category four? What do you think they would say if we took an anonymous survey? An anonymous survey of all the people that you kind of hang around with or know, would they all put you in category four? Or would some people vote that you might be in category three? Oy, oy, oy. They claim to be a believer, but uh, not really edifying for me. Listen, listen, friends, I'm not saying that you should never be around people in other categories. This is not what I'm saying. My, my, my point is not for you to say, uh, it's, uh, hi, I'm Kevin. It's nice to meet you. Let me see. Are you in category one, two, three, or four? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're in category one or two or, or three? I'm sorry. I, I cannot speak with you. I am holy. See the halo? <laughs> I can spin it like a, like a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, entertain myself on that one. Okay, um, <laughs> it's not that. We can't be holier than thou. Okay, it's not that we're any better than anybody else. 
That's not the point. And it's not that we should just cut out every single person in our lives who's not in category one, two, three. That's not the point I'm trying to make. It isn't some kind of a spiritual superiority where we look at ourselves as any better. No, but what I am saying is that you need to seek to surround yourself with more people in category four. You need to seek to surround yourself with these kind of people, people who love God and people who love people. And when I say love people, you understand what I'm talking about, a genuine love for other people. That's not reflective if they're introverted or extroverted. It doesn't make the least bit of difference. I'm not saying that the criteria is somebody who's going to come up to you and just going to like hug you and be so warm. Listen, there are, there are introverts who love God and love people. You understand. James chapter 4, please. Yaakov, James chapter 4. Shmuel read from Yaakov, James chapter 4. Uh, in, in the college class and in the temple teens, I remember when I used to be a youth director, this was a, a scripture that I would go to periodically to talk to our teenagers. But it's not just, it's not just for teenagers, James chapter four, verse four, you adulteresses, don't you know, by the way, as a side note, that's real subtle, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like James, man, that guy don't play. You know, his congregation, oh boy, he was not what you would call seeker friendly. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He starts off the sermon, you adulteresses. Okay, whoa, okay. Ooh, boy, that guy's intense. Anyway. You adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Wow, boy, that's pretty blunt. It's pretty in your face. It's pretty direct. Friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Now, now what does that exactly mean? But friends, oftentimes believers fall because they become too friendly with the world. Believers will oftentimes fall because they become too friendly with the world. Okay, again, what does that mean, friends? The world has its own standards of truth. The world has its own standards of truth. And if you cozy up to worldly standards, you will be affected by them. You are what you eat. Remember, we talked about it earlier. I said, you are what you eat. And everybody can relate to that. And you're all like, yeah, yeah, we can understand that. Yeah, yeah, boy, I look like that a little bit. Yeah, Rabbi, said, thanks for mentioning it. It's interesting. As I think about this, I'm going to go briefly into like an apologetic on this. So follow me with this logic train because I think it's going to speak to you. People sometimes say that people's choice of religion is disproportionately related to the family that they're raised in, right? You've heard this before. Okay, well, yes, I believe this because my family uh, raised me that way. And so I, it's not that I myself am choosing to believe it. It's because my family raised me that way. And, 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 and if I was in a different country with a different base religion, uh, I would probably believe that. Okay, listen, is there some truth to that? Yes, there is some truth to that. If you're raised in a believing home, you are more likely to be a believer. True. Why? 
because you are inevitably influenced by your surroundings and atmosphere. You are influenced by your surroundings and atmosphere, no doubt. Okay, fair enough. At the same time, if you agree with this point, which is a, a critical point, if you agree, if you're saying, yeah, well, that's what I think, and so I just want to, I don't know if I really feel this way because I believe it or just because my family believed it. If you agree with that point, then you also are forced to agree that you are also heavily influenced by the general society that you live in. Because that too is a part of your surroundings and your atmosphere, right? And our society today has been, become so disproportionately tolerant of things that are sinful that they've become intolerant of anyone holding a biblical model of truth. You hear what I'm saying? It's so funny to hear people sometimes from a worldly mindset talk about tolerance, 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 are oftentimes what I see are some of the most intolerant people ever because they will not tolerate anybody with a biblical point of view. And, and if we give that we can be influenced by the families that we're raised in just because of the atmosphere that we're in, then we also have to give and admit that we are also influenced by the culture and atmosphere and society that we are a part of. And, and so what this way makes what James is saying make even that much more sense. This is why James is warning us being a friend of the world makes you an enemy of God because the world is influenced by the adversary that seeks suffering in an anti-God atmosphere. So then, therefore, if you hang around or associate with the world, the more you do, the more you're influenced by it and its anti-God priorities. Are you with me on this? I'm going deep psychology here on this. But it's, but it's laid out right here in James chapter 4, 4. See, people sometimes oversimplify James 4, 4 and imply that it's, it's almost like, you know, where it says friendship with the world means you're an enemy of God. And so some people, in a very simplistic way, think, well, I just, you know, need to cut off everybody who who you know, is not a believer or cut off everybody who doesn't see things exactly the way I do. That, that's, not, that's not the point. That's not what it's saying. That, that's, that's, not the, that's not the true meaning behind it. That the whole point, the meaning behind it is that you are influenceable. All of us are. And, and the more we embrace and, and, and surround ourselves with influences, that are anti-God, the more we're going to espouse them ourselves. This is why Jacob is saying friendship with the world is enmity or being an enemy of God. Why, why, but because what he's encouraging all of us to do, friends, is to associate and to befriend people who love God and love people. 
Because if we have that, we will, we will be able to be influenced some from that pro-God biblical mindset to, to, to try to believe that we are not influenced by society at large is, is, is like putting your head in the sand. In fact, if you look at society today, and, and, and yes, Gen Z, and, and yes, millennial, but all of us to a greater or lesser extent, the influence of society is massive. Compare societal influence just on watching television, watching, being on YouTube, versus a two hours a week you're in a, in a house of worship, for example, or, or how, much, how many hours a week are you reading the Bible or in prayer or talking about God, versus just generally going on in your life. And the influences of the world are constant upon us, and they are influencing this is why it is of such importance to hang around people who love God and who love people, 1 Corinthians 15. Sometimes I hear people say, I can, I can still, I can handle it. I can handle it. I can, I can hang around. Because some people are just constantly, they don't have any believing friends, and they're constantly putting themselves in a position where they're influenced by secularism. And they say, I can still hang around worldly people. I mean, I am in the world, as the Bible says, and Yeshua often hung around sinful people. True. A few thoughts. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. And again, one of so many passages. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. How point blank can you get? Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. First of all, it's important, this tiny little passage, this tiny little verse says what? It says, do not be deceived. Why would, why would he say, why would Paul say, do not be deceived before he says what he's gonna say, right? The reason he says do not be deceived is because often people are deceived in this particular area. If it was something that was very obvious and that people never had issues with, he would not have said do not be deceived. So the implication is that people are often deceived in this particular area. And the, and the common expression is, if you, if, you, if you lie down with dogs, don't be surprised to get up with fleas. Bad company corrupts. It does. You are what you eat. It is a spiritual, biblical principle. And secondly, while Yeshua definitely was oftentimes around sinful people, his message to them was always the same. Repent! Repent! If you look when Yeshua would hang around people who were not people of faith, his message would be repent, but friends, he wouldn't say it in a condemning way, he would say it in a loving way. He would say, think about the, the woman who was caught in adultery. And what did he say? Where are they who accuse you? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. 
Go and sin no more. It's, it's not just a, a get out of free jail card. It's not about that, but it is love. It's like sincere love. You gotta like really love people and not be looking to condemn or judge them or point a finger at them. No. And also remember this about Yeshua. He spent the vast majority of his time with his disciples, especially the 12 and the three. How much time did he spend with them? And when he was at his critical moments in life, a.k.a. right before his execution, what did he do? Went to the Garden of Gethsemane and asked for the three. Three people who he hoped would edify him and build him up and encourage him. Now, they blew it. They fell asleep. That's not the point. (laughs) The point is this is what he was seeking, my friends, and this is the kind of people we need to become. The scripture here is not subtle. It's not ambiguous. If you keep bad company, expect your morals to decay. And you know this to be true intuitively. Why? (laughs) This will make complete sense to you. Hang around people regularly using profanity all the time. You will find yourself using profanity too. You all know this. Let's, let's, Let's put away the pretense. You know this is the truth. Hang around people getting drunk or high oftentimes. You will see it rub off on you. But this principle is not just for people in categories one and two. It's also for people in category three. Hang around people complaining all the time. I'm talking about people claiming to be believers. And guess what you're going to start doing? You're going to start complaining. Hang around people who claim to be believers who are gossiping all the time. And you're going to start gossiping too. Hang around people who claim to be believers who are, who are snobby all the time or who are cold and, and, uncom- and not compassionate toward other people and, and who don't reach out and, and who are very self-centered. I'm talking about people who claim to believe. Hang around those kind of people all the time. And guess what you're going to turn into? You are what you eat, Beloved. Proverbs 22, scriptures teach us this all specifically. There are so many passages about this. We'll look at a few of them now. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25 says this. Here's here's a proverb. The proverbs are big on this. Do not be friends with one given to anger or associate with a hot-tempered person lest you learn his ways and entangle your soul in a snare. Okay, friends, yes, understand this. Yes, we are to be friendly. We are. It's very important. Yes, we are to reach out to others of critical importance. But if someone is given to anger or has a temper, scriptures say stay away from them. This shouldn't be your best friend. And it's interesting, too, because as you think about it, read carefully, right, Livy? What does the Scripture say in this regard? Uh, specifically, it's, it's, boy, the Bible's so deep. 
Why does the scripture say that you should stay away from the angry person? Why? It gives a reason within the verse that's really easy to miss. Why you should stay away from the person who is angry. It's not primarily because you could be hurt by the the angry or ill-tempered person personally, which you would think intuitively that's the reason, right? Why should you not hang around somebody who's angry? Because you're going to get a lot of that venom put on you. And you're going to get a lot of anger towards you. And, and maybe it's going to affect your self-image. And, 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 may, and, and maybe you're going to endure some kind of abuse. So you should get away from that. All that's true. But that's not the reason that's given in the Proverbs as to why you shouldn't associate with an, an ill-tempered, angry person. It's not the reason. What's the reason? Because you will learn their ways and entangle your soul. That's what it says. Ooh, man, that's, that's deep. That is deep. You don't want to hang around an angry, ill-tempered person because that's what you will learn to become is an angry, ill-tempered person. That's the reason you don't want to hang around that kind of person. So says the scriptures. Wow. Proverbs verse 13, chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. The corollary is also true. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, He or she who walks with wise men is wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. What's the point? Beloved, you can't be passive about this. You need to actively seek to be around wise people actively. He who walks with wise people are wise. In other words, if you are hanging around people who with wisdom, you yourself will become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. We have to seek to be around wise people, people who will lift you up, people who know and love the Lord. This will help you. It's easy to go off track here when there is no accountability. This is, this is one of the reasons why I will take people off the membership list if they don't come or are not connected with us. Every so once in a while, every six months or so, it depends. I'll go through the membership list and I've reached out to these people and we have no uh, contact. And, and sometimes, listen, sometimes there are great reasons they've moved or they've, they've found another place of worship, whatever. But oftentimes they're not doing anything. They're not going anywhere. They're not watching our streams. They're just, they're just kind of floating out there. And I can tell that they're not, they're not, they're not making wise decisions and I don't want to provide them fake accountability. Yes, you're under this spiritual covering. If, 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 if you're not, I'm not looking to inflate my membership numbers. I'm really not. A lot of clergy are into that. I've got to be honest with you. I, you know, you, you see this sometime. You know, it's, well, we want to have a huge membership number and nobody comes or nobody's watching. What good is that? That's baloney. That's, that's pretend. I, I'm just not into that. No, no, no. And there needs to be accountability. 
Why? Because I love people. I know that the more that you hang around wise people, the wiser you will become. It's one of the benefits, please God, for coming into this room or watching online to our YouTube channel. Why is it because of the great Kevin Solomon? No, because I'm giving you the wisdom of the scriptures. Here's chock full of wisdom. Chock full of wisdom. Similarly, if you're a companion of fools, you'll reap that in your life as well. And this leads to the next point, Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10. And this next point will make much more sense now, now that we've contemplated, now that we've read about all this, this makes more sense. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, let us, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. We gotta stir each other up to love and good deeds. And do not neglect our own meetings, as is the habit of some. But encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Ooh. In other words, beloved and lovingly, come to God's house. Do not forsake meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Listen, there are some with some very serious medical issues, et cetera, you know, who, who can't come. Or there's some who live in, in Iowa or, 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 or rural Oregon or, or, you know, New York or South Carolina. Okay, listen, that, I, I get that. I'm not saying that there are not exceptions. But by and large, you need to be in the house of the Lord. Don't forsake assembling together as some are in the habit of doing. Why is this written here? Because some are in the habit, get in the habit. Why? Well, you know, for, for a year or two, they, you know, they, they, use the, they use the reason, which again, I'm not discounting, had some legitimacy with, with of course, everything with the pandemic. But as, as now, we're now a couple of years out, and people are going to Braves games, they're going to the, the Kroger, they're going to, it's like, you, they're, they're acting like, well, the only place I could possibly get COVID is in services. And so, <laughs> got to avoid that, you know, I don't want to, I could go to all these other, I mean, come on, you know, you get to a certain point where you're like, yeah, okay, you know, all right, all right, mm-hmm, 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 okay. It's an explicit command. Why? Why is this a command in the scripture not to, not to forsake assembling together as some are in the habit of doing? Why is this specifically in the scriptures? Because of all the reasons we just talked about. Coming to God's house regularly helps us. It gives us more people who will speak encouragement into our lives. More people who will build us up. More people who, who we can help and who can help us. More people who love God and love people. I mean, that, that should be part of the goal. Of course, nobody's perfect. No congregation's perfect. This place ain't perfect. The moment you and I walked in, it's not perfect. <laughs> okay, none of us, are, that's not the point. That's an excuse. And that goes, that goes for things such as our monthly chavarah as well. We just had chavarah this past Tuesday. Members, were you at your chavarah? I ask you, were you at your chavarah this past Tuesday? They give me a readout each month of who came and how many came to each chavarah. Were you at your chavarah? See, Chavarah is important. Why? To, to build 
these, these ties, these relationships. You, you'll meet wise people there. You'll meet people who love God and love people. Are you gonna meet some people in categories one, two, and three? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But you're gonna meet people in category four, I'm gonna tell you that. I'm gonna tell you that. This is very, very important. We need to be interacting with people who will edify, uplift, and encourage us. Ecclesiastes 4, Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one because they get a good return for their effort. For if they fall, the one will lift up his companion. But oi to the one who falls and has no one to lift him up. Friends, you're not alone. Sometimes there are people, sometimes we have people who, who few have spoken to and few have befriended. And that's not good. Listen, I want for us to be a congregation where everybody is spoken to and everybody is befriended. That's the kind of place that, that we need here at Beth Hillel, where people are, are warm to each other. At the same time, it always takes two, right? So you purpose, you decide to be the one to be friendly. It's not a matter of who is right or wrong or if one is an extrovert or an introvert. Just be willing to be friendly. There is power in godly friends, amen? We need to be intentional about this and not passive. Listen, I've heard just in the last three weeks, a number of you have told me that you've been helped and blessed by other members of the mishpacha. I've gotten these reports and emails and people coming to me and saying, Rabbi, so-and-so in the congregation really helped me or so-and-so blessed me with, with this. They helped me with this. They helped me in this situation. They gave me this advice. That's wonderful, that's a blessing. I'm glad we have people who are helping each other and encouraging one another and building each other up. At the same time, we're not perfect here at Bethel and we need to be doing a better job of this and a purpose to do it even more, amen? We have to be intentional because it's a huge blessing when we do, Proverbs 27. It's a huge blessing when we do build and lift each other up. Proverbs 27, verse 9 says, As ointment and perfume gladdens the heart, so the sweetness of one's friend comes from his sincere counsel. Do not forsake your friend or your father's friend, nor go to your brother's house in the day of your disaster. Better a neighbor nearby than a brother far off. Wow, that's a very deep comment. In other words, we should really be there for each other like Mishpacha. In other words, you shouldn't have to go to a brother far off in, in the day of your disaster. No, you should be able to go to your neighbor right next door. That's the point. And that's the way we need to be with each other. We need each other. We should be open to our godly friend's counsel, by the way, it says. It's supposed to be like, it's supposed to be sweet, like ointment and perfume. Even when it's counsel we don't want to hear but it should be given in a way that we feel better after we hear it, even if it's hard to hear. That's, and, and that's the way that you should seek to be with your friends as well. If you, if you wanna give them some counsel, you have some input for them, something, 
let it be taken, let it be presented by you in such a way that they'll perceive it as sweet, even if it's hard. You have to reach out. Do you reach out to others? I'm asking you to think, do you reach out to others? Even with, within the body, even within the congregation today, make sure you talk to a couple people before you leave here today. I'd encourage you, I don't care if you've been here 30 years or if you've been here almost two hours. <laughs> Reach out to others. Finally, Proverbs 17, the last thing I wanna mention in being a godly friend comes to us from Proverbs as well. Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17 verse nine says this, whoever covers up an offense seeks love. Whoever repeats a matter separates close friends. See, that godly friend will seek to cover an offense. That's love, according to Proverbs 17. You know how some people, and maybe that's you, and this relates to my message a little bit last week about hurt. You know, some people, man, they just, they're just ready to, to take offense. They're ready to take offense, and they hold it. Man, they hold it. Like a, like, like a bulldog or something. <laughs> but, but no, that's not the way we need to be. On the contrary, beloved, scriptures tell us cover an offense, seek love, and be careful not to gossip. That destroys friendships and is antithetical to building the body of Messiah. Never gossip. So beloved, kind of in summary, there are two parts to this. There are two important parts to this. First, is the person that you should seek to hang around. Hang around people who will build you up in the Lord. Those who will cover an offense. Those who will seek love. Those who will give you sweet, sincere counsel. Those who will stir you up to good deeds. Those who will encourage you. Those who will come together in worship. One not given to gossip not given to anger, not having bad morals, not cliquish, people who love God and who love people. That's the kind of person you should seek as a friend. That's one. And secondly, let me tell you about the kind of friend that you should be. The kind of friend that you should be is a friend that is not given to gossip, that is not given to anger, that doesn't have bad moral values or is cliquish. Be a friend that will build up others. Be someone who will cover an offense. Be someone who will seek love. Be someone who will give sweet, sincere counsel. Stir up others to good deeds. Encourage others and come together in worship. Be someone who loves God and who loves people. It's the same thing. Because don't forget that you become who you hang around. And with that in mind, let's build each other up. Title of my message today is Friends. <laughs> let's bow our heads. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to raise your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never given your life to Yeshua, 
Messiah, but you want to today? Is there anybody who's never done so, never committed your life to God, but you want to today? We'll have a simple prayer if that's you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If that's you watching online or listening on the podcast and you've never given your life to the Lord, repeat this simple prayer. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart. I'm sorry. I believe Yeshua is risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you, God. I'll live the rest, live the rest of my days for you. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, it's a transformation that happens when you commit your life to God. Please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. And if you're in this room, you said that for the first time, see us after the service. We want to just rejoice. But Lord God, I pray for each person who's here or watching or listening online. I pray, God, Lord, first of all, that we seek friends who are going to be a positive influence around us. Lord, that we're not passive about it, that we're not kind of neutral about it or in, in other ways not uh, intentional. I pray, Lord, that we're intentional to seek people who are wise, seek people who are going to be a positive influence. And sometimes it's hard to find people like that, Lord. Lord, let us just be patient in the meantime. Lord, let us seek to be that person to others. Let us seek to be a friend to others that's going to love you, God, and love other people. That's the point. Thank you, God, for this. We do love you with all of our hearts. I pray your blessings on each person here. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, nine, nine.